0: Thank Brother Carlos and Sister Renee for coming down from Seattle. Driving, drove down. And they just have uh, the, the, their gift of just coming to support is huge coming out of the Warren family. I mean, I, I can't even, words can't even describe how the support that they, they offer. And he has been such a help to me. And, and we get together, our lives are so much alike that we get a chance to vent on each other and talk to each other and you know we can say some things to each other that we can't I mean, we can't say to you, but um uh, you know it's, it's called called real talk. You need somebody you can do some real talk with. You you know you talk let's talk real. No let me don't, don't playing around here. Y'all be playing around too much. You know let's let's, let's be real about what's really going on. And you know that's what I'm all about. Amen. Amen. How many of you um, have peepholes in your house? And um, when somebody knocks on the door, how how do you just uh, sneak over there and uh, take a look and see who's on the outside to determine whether you want to open the door or not? It was foggy. Have you ever looked through there and then seen an eye looking right back at you? (laughs) Anyway sometimes you have to let some people in. Anyway, um, we want to thank God for Brother Marcus and Sister Mel. It's been two years now since Pastor Fred been gone. Brother Marcus then picked up, and then he done delegated some work out to us, and and uh, it's just tremendous what we're learning in our Bible study. We're learning some new information, some new things, and so um, for those of you, you know, who might not come to Bible study at the moment or whatever, you can make it on Sunday morning, I want to just share a few points about what this church is all about. At some point or another in your walk, you the subject of the Lord is going to come up. of Jesus Christ, the Father, the Holy Spirit is going to come up. And so I want to give you some ammo to deal with certain people you're going to talk to when these subjects come up. Okay, I've just got a bunch of scriptures down here. We're gonna we're gonna go from there. The first scripture I want to deal with today is Psalms 90, uh, verse number two. This one is out the end uh, of the NIV, and some of these will be out of the King James version. But this verse says, "Before the mountains were born, or you brought or you brought forth the whole world." From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So God never had a beginning. He always existed. He came from a place called everlasting, and he lives in everlasting to everlasting. And, and eventually, uh, as Christians, we're going to have everlasting life, and we will be in that realm. At the moment, we're not there. Let's go to Isaiah 44, verse 6. You're going to have to do it now. Let me just do some reading for you. i got this written down here. Um, Isaiah 44, 6. This is what the Lord says, Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord Almighty. He says, I am the first. And he says, I am the last. And he says, apart from me, there is no God. There is no God. Amen. Remember that. It says I am the first and I am the last, and apart from me, there is no God. Y'all got that point? Okay, let's well, go point number three. Revelation 1 8 in the New International Version says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Says the Lord God. He said, Who is That's present, that's right now. Who was? He came from eternity. Who is to come? Jesus is coming back. The Almighty. Let's go to Revelation 22, verses 12 and 13. He says, look, I am coming soon. Who is coming soon? Jesus Christ said he's coming soon. Though he said this a long time ago, but he's coming soon. (laughs) You know, our time here on earth is we have a certain amount of time. We don't know how long we're going to be here. But no matter what, he's coming soon. When your time comes, that means he's coming soon. Okay. He says, my reward is with me. And I will give to each person according to what they have done. That's a promise. Okay. What have you done? There was a song one time with Jamie Jackson, what have you done for me lately? (laughs) Uh What have you done for the Lord lately? All right. Brother Donald Williams, he just came to the Lord. Big step, big move. He moved from one path into another path. He moved on to a path of everlasting life. Let's go to Revelation 22:12. He says, uh, look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. I will give each person according to what they've done. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Now, that's Jesus talking there. Now, how is it that Jesus and God himself can both be the first and the last? And the Alpha and Omega. And the old beginning and the end. Just hold on, I got an answer for you. <laughs> uh, Alright. So right now we discovered that. And you can go back and read this for yourself and if you want to see me after church I'll give you my notes if you if you miss something. So Revelation one eight talked about the Almighty said he was the Alpha and Omega. He says, he who, uh, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Then we, here we have Jesus up in Revelation 22, 12 and 13. He calls himself the Alpha and Omega also. He says he's the first and the last and the beginning and the end. All right. Let's go to 1 John 5, 7. Hold on tight here. This is in the King James Version. And it's probably the only place you're going to find it. It says, for there are three that bear witness in heaven. Three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. The Father, the Word, the And the Holy Spirit, those three are one. That's 1 John 5, 7 in the King James verse. This verse is one of the verses that's fought over the most in the Bible. Because if you look at some of your Bibles, you won't find this verse here in your Bible. You'll find out there are three different witnesses there. I believe one of them is the blood and one of them may be the water as the witnesses in heaven. For over 400 years, the King James Version was written in 1611, so for 400 years ago. But prior to all that, there was a, a big ruckus over this version and, and what has been uh, installed in here because of the Roman Catholics or whatever. But actually, and people right now, want you're going to find people who want to argue with you over this verse that this has been tampered with. And, and just put in the word, but, you know, this is actually a true statement. And this is what we teach, is that the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Word, the three are one. Now, let me give you another piece of information. Don't get caught up in Trinity talk. And what I mean by that is that you will not find in the Bible the word, the Trinity. The word Trinity is not in our Bible. But the three, the Trinity, where we get it from is actually here. And it's actually in this verse right here, which deals with the Father, which deals with the Word, and which deals with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that those three are one. You got that? Now, you've heard, I know you've heard this before, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You've heard it maybe when you use baptized, but this is exactly where it comes from, okay? So, if you want to find this verse and you're talking to somebody you got to find it in the King James Version. Okay? You can use many translations, but you got to be able to bounce back and forth. All right? To, to um, help your argument. All right. Two, John, verse 10, 30, and 33 in the New International verse says, Verse 30 says, I and the Father are one. And that's Jesus talking while he was here on earth. All right, he's already in the world right now when he makes this statement. John, St. John 10, chapter 10, verse 30, and we're going to read through verse 33. Okay, you got that? Verse 30 says, I and the Father are one. Third, verse 31, again, his Jews' opponents picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? And their reply was, we are not stoning you for your good works, they replied, but for blasphemy. Because you are mere man, you claim to be God. Now, they understood this clearly. That that, that he was calling himself God. Now, he didn't, he didn't say, I am God, blah, 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 But they understood very clearly by this word. They understood very so much so that they was getting ready to pick up stones and try to kill, kill the master, kill the Messiah. Okay? At this point. So, I just found this verse in Leviticus 24, 16, in reply to what we just read. And there was a decree that went out in Leviticus 24:16 that says, "Anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord is to be put to death. The entire assembly must stone them, whether they're foreigners or native-born. When they blaspheme the name, they are to be put to death. And according to that scripture, that was what they were trying to do, according to they understood what they understood, but they, what they understood was totally wrong. Jesus, what he said was actually correct. They are three, they are one because not only in everything they do in one, one don't oppose the other. The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost are all three and all in agreement and they never will conflict one another. Some people gonna argue with you that Jesus is not the Almighty God. Yes, he is. Because whatever he needs and whatever he wants, he's asked his father. It is his. It's already his from the beginning. But because of this arrangement, it puts him as the almighty God because the three are one. Okay? Let's go to John 8, 57 through 59. we got another incident here. John 8, 57 through 59. The Jews said to Jesus, you are not yet 50 years old. <laughs> Ain't you uh, Mary and Joseph's boy over there? Ain't you Fred's son? I know you are. I, I know that you all your life. <laughs> uh, I know you, boy. Who you, what, you, what you talking about, Willis? Say <laughs> so you're not even fifty years old. He said, and you have seen Abraham. Oh, you're in a heap of trouble here now. Very, very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered him, before Abraham was, I am. Hallelujah. You know, he could have said, you know, very truly, well, I am the son of God, blah, blah, blah. No, he said, I, before Abraham was, I am. Okay, this was a name that, uh, that was given to uh, Noah, uh, Moses back during the time of... Uh, uh, the Exodus he said, tell him I am. And you know what I am is? Whatever he want to be. That's <laughs> how cold he is. Whatever he want to be, that's what he's going to be. So he is, Jesus said, I am. Let me tell you what they response for what they understood. At this again, they picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus hid himself. He slipped away from the temple. They didn't even see where he went. <laughs> where did he? They, pick, they just bend down to pick up something. They look up, you know, and he gone. And they all looking around. Where did, where did he go? <laughs> he was smooth out of there. Jesus was smooth. Slipped away from them so quick. They didn't even see By the time they bend them pick back up. He gone. You know they was baffled. What is going on here? You better put that stone down. Boy. All right. Let's continue on. Here's another one for your arsenal. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Lord have mercy, you got some organization out there calling Jesus a God. What a little g. According to what we just read, that ain't true. There is no one besides one God. He's the first and he's the last. We talk about he's the Alpha and he's the Omega. As a matter of fact, this particular God here, he became flesh. And he dwelt among us. Now, now, this birth with Jesus Christ was no it was a very unusual birth and he'd never been one like it and never will ever be again. We're talking about the spirit of God did a surgery on, uh, on uh, sister Mary that um, with the over, uh, Holy Spirit overshadowed him and, and, and dropped a seed planted a seed inside her that was pure was from heaven. It wasn't tainted. You know how we like purity. You know, especially those, those who've who been out in the world, been out there. You, you know, you know, there's, a, there's something called bunk. We use this term called bunk. When you had some bunk, bunk wasn't no good. Nobody, and you, and you knew when you had some bunk, and you was ready to hurt somebody because they gave you some bunk. <laughs> But what God did, God planted a seed inside Mary that was pure, M- more than 100% pure, 2, 3, 1,000%. Uh, As a matter of fact, it went off the Richter scale how pure this was. There they they ain't no measurement for this. Oh, my Lord. It don't take much. <laughs> pure. Another controversy. People want to talk about it. But I wasn't there, but according to what I read, but I'm seeing and watching this through faith through the eyes of faith, because this is the only way that you can see this, because basically't make it don't make no sense because normally you know how children are to be born and how they're to come into the world. okay? but this but this here baffles all sense and all logic about how this took place, okay? Um, even, even, even Joseph said, you know what, hey, uh, you know, I don't want to do this, but I'm, you pregnant, huh? And he know he hadn't done nothing. They was married. All right. You know, they, they hadn't had no relationship. He said, to know someone. Well, Joseph hadn't known her at the moment, but he is not he still, here she is, she's pregnant. She baffled because she don't know how she got pregnant, probably. You know, you know, she know the angel told her, but you know, but she's still trying to probably make comprehension of all of this. So here from heaven, Joseph, and heaven, the Lord gave him a dream. Okay, let's talk about a minute about dreams. The Lord can come into your dreams and talk to you, have a conversation with you, make a deal with you, tell you things, tell you things that's going to come, what's going to happen. Give your heads up in your dreams. He did it to Solomon. He did it to many, many people. Had, had, talked to him in his dream, made a deal with him in his dream, and blessed him according to what he dreamed. How awesome is that? Told Joseph, the after the after Jesus, you're gonna have to get up and move him out of here, okay? Uh, and it was so convincing that he obeyed and he moved him, and they had to go to Egypt, and hide out down there. Okay, so God is a good God. Okay, He loves us and He appreciates us. But but sometimes when His purposes are going forward, there's certain things He got to do, and there's certain ways He got to He has to get your attention, and that's what He used to do to me. Uh, he used to deal with me in dreams, and I've told you this many many times before, uh, because of my hard-headedness and whatever, and stubbornness, and my fear, and uh, running from the Lord, and and um, and all that was going on. Uh, he was gracious enough to deal with me stuff in a dream. I remember the time he told me something in a dream, and I woke up and I was baffled about a certain incident that was getting ready to happen. And then I get a phone call with that person who was in my dream. As soon as I walk out the room, well, before I can even wake up, good, there's that person calling me on the phone. Lord, Lord, just warned me just before this phone call just came. That's how he. That's that's part of the process of. A, that's that's one of his process how he worked, uh, giving you a heads up on how who, on who you really deal with. Knowing that the church was praying for me, my dad then was praying for me. So Lord, you gonna have to do something with this boy, and you gonna have to watch over me. You gonna have to keep your hand of mercy around him. You know, I, I'm over here, at 23 Park Circle, and he up here in the canal, and um, but Lord, I need you to. I, I need you to watch him, and I, I need you to uh, keep him and. Jesus' name we pray, we going to sleep. Sometimes it's hard for us parents to go to sleep. When our kids are out here running around and what's going on. We got this one way to trust in the Lord. Okay? All right. Let's go to, um, okay. We know that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. That's Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, what the church didn't teach a long time ago, they used to read this scripture and go on past it. But later on, we we come to find out that Jesus and the Holy Spirit was there too. In the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. Now, there's three forms of the word. Jesus is three forms of the word. I'm going to say it like that. What's one form? The written word. It's what we have in the Bible. We also have the spoken word. Now the spoken word was, Jesus, God said in verse 3 of Genesis 1, Let there be light. And there was light. Spoke this word. There was nothing here. Before them, and they made something out of nothing. That's how the world was created. Only God could do something like that. John chapter 1, verse 2 and 3 says, He was with God in the beginning, that makes Him eternal. People are going to argue with you about the fact that Jesus, some people argue with the fact that Jesus is, they call him the firstborn. Yeah, Colossians called him the firstborn, but he was not created by God. He was here in the beginning. Yes, he is the firstborn. When, when he was born to Mary, he became the first, God's firstborn. He was a word before then while he was in the heaven. But when he came, but when he came to earth, he became the God's, God's firstborn. Yeah. Let me let me let me give you this. You got pencils and paper. If you ever get any arguments when any witnesses, this is one of the this is one of the biggest verses in Colossians one fifteen, what calls uh, uh, Jesus the firstborn. Anyway, in the Greek, there's a word called proto, p r o t o, capital T i k, t o, ticktoe. That's what I'm gonna call it. <laughs> that is firstborn in the Greek. There's another word called proto, P R O T O, K T I Z O, Ktizo. K-T-Z-O. That might not be right, but you get the thing, right? That's first created. Now this word first created was back during the time time of Paul when he wrote this when he wrote that verse. This word, second word here, first created, is not there. What says he's first created? So it shows right there that Jesus was not, once again, that he was not created by God. All right. And that he's his firstborn. But, yeah, he's the firstborn over all creation. He's the one who created everything. But because of his birth, he is the firstborn. There's going to be no one else born like him who come out of heaven, born of a woman. Nobody else will where, where God put his seed into a woman. There's going to be no one else. He is the first and he is the last. No one else is going to have this. He's exclusive. Okay? You want more on this after I finish? Hit me after church. Here's another one. Genesis one twenty six. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness. He said, let us. Who is he talking about? He's talking about the Father, the Word, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is not talking about the angel. The angels did not create man. They might have been watching, but they are not through creation. They did not create man. And I'm going to tell you why. We're going to go through this again. The other reason why is in Hebrews one. One five. I'm, I'm jumping over here now. Um, let's 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 go to this. Let's go. He says uh, in Hebrews one six. It says again when God brings His firstborn into the world, He says let all of God's angels worship Him. Now in Isaiah forty two eight, I believe He says that He doesn't give He don't give his, his glory up to no one. No one gets glory. Why? Because He's a jealous God. But here we see in Hebrews one eight where he says, but about the son, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. Now, this is the father talking to the son who is here on earth. In verse 6, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Now, God's not going to tr- contradict himself here. This is another place that shows you where Jesus is God. Okay? Because he's telling the angels... To worship Him, which means He's willing to share His glory with, the, with with the Son, who is God. Okay. Let's go to Acts twenty twenty eight. Another verse. If somebody want to argue with you about uh, whether Jesus is God or not, Acts twenty twenty eight says, "Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock." of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. And he says, be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. So God is the one who purchased the church with his own blood. Here again, you're seeing this is where Jesus is considered to be God. Acts 20, 28. God purchased the church with His own blood. Okay, all right. You still with me? Give me just a couple more minutes. All right. That's one. That's two. Okay. Um. Give me one second here. All right. Romans nine five. There's another one. In the NIV. In the VCS. Theirs are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry, uh, ancestry of the Messiah. Jesus Christ is the Messiah, who is God over all. Forever praises, Amen. Romans nine five, another one that, that proves that Jesus is God. Let's go to one more. Let's go to John twenty twenty seven and twenty eight. Then he said to Thomas, "Put your finger here, see my hands. Jesus had been uh, resurrected from the death his death he still had the spikes holes in his hand, but Thomas didn't believe it he had he had a real problem believing that he says um oh here we go. All right, here we go. All right. He says, uh, Jesus said, put your fingers here and see my hands. He said, reach out your hands and put it into my side. He said, stop doubting and believe. When Thomas had did this, he claimed, my Lord and my God. Now, if Jesus wasn't God... He could say, Oh "Hell, no, 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 no! Uh, don't give me no praise. I'm, I'm, I'm not worthy. You know, all the praise goes to the Father." But uh, Jesus did not correct him. No, He just told told him that the blessing of those uh, uh, who believe him, who have not seen. That was His answer to them. You still with me? All right. Twenty twenty seven. All right. We dealt with that one. All right. Another thing I saw. Um, is 1 Corinthians 10.4 1 Corinthians 10.4 it says and they drink the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them and that rock was Christ now before Christ came on the scene in the Old Testament all that was out there in the wilderness this rock followed them around according to this verse here uh Christ is that rock. <laughs> you imagine, you know, you see this rock, and then y'all go a few miles down the road, and then you look again. Is that rock still with you? <laughs> Jesus followed him. He was that rock, and this, and this supernatural thing where, uh, where a rock gets hit and it gushes out water, water to feed everybody. Everybody who is thirsty gets to drink, including animals, out of a rock. What kind of supernatural power are we dealing with here? What is going on here? We have a you know, I'm sure people was thirsty, but when they really thought about it, they said, I just drank water from a rock. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Another supernatural power from the Lord. Isaiah 42.8, once again, I just read a minute ago, says, he says, I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not yield my glory to another, and I'm sure not going to yield any praise to no idols. God says, I'm a jealous God. Don't bring nothing up in here before me. Now, now, now we do, we, we all, you know, we have our little things we, we might like and like to do or whatever. But um, um, God says he's a, he's a jealous God, and he don't offer his praise to another. Or his glory to no one else. But he offered it to Jesus. God don't contradict himself. So he would do, he offered it back to himself. For the three are one. Three all in agreement as one. That is what the church teaches here. That's what we teach. Okay. Uh, let's go to, uh, here's another really good one. Okay. Revelations 22, 8 and verse 9. Let's talk for a minute about an angel and what are we to do with angels. Um, revelation 22, verse 8 and 9 says, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. Now, John is the one who had the rev- who got the revelation uh, where revelations was written, where angels angel was sent to him to show him things, not only on earth, but things that was to come. So John had a chance to travel outside uh, this world and a vision, and take outside, and, and he had a chance to get caught up, and he had a chance to see some things that were just mind-blowing. He says, and when I had heard and seen these things, what he had seen, he seen the new Jerusalem, the city of God. He said, I fell down to at the feet of the angel who had been showing me these things, these things to me, but the angel said to me, don't do that. I am only a fellow servant with you. And with the fellow prophets and all who keep my word in the scroll, worship God. You are not, if y'all, any of y'all in here worshiping some angels, don't do it. You need to stop now. Unless the angel says, hey, take off your shoes, because where you're standing is on holy ground. Okay. And that was one incident Back in um, Joshua, Joshua five, where where Joshua saw this man standing up here with a, with a sword drawn, all right, and he he went up to ask him, you know, are you for us or against us? He he said neither. He said, but as commander of God's army, I I, I I'm here. And at that, Joshua fell to his face. All right, and and the angel told him to. Take off your shoes where you stand standing your own holy ground. The same thing was told when Moses was around the burning bush. Okay, God appeared uh in this burning bush. And Moses Moses noticed that this burning bush was uh uh not burning up, which was unusual you know, it, it wasn't unusual for him to see a bush on fire. But but this particular bush here just kept on burning. And it wasn't burning up, so he went over and said, "Well, I'm going to go over here and take a look at this." When he did, a voice came out of there, said, "Don't come any closer. <laughs> I wanted to break out against you, you know. Don't come no closer. But where you are, take off your shoes, for where because you're on holy ground." And what I understood one time about this taking off your shoes, you know, something even the little sandals, the soles on there, on the bottom of your on your sandals, they still too high. You're still too high. You need to come down to the ground. Take your shoes off and come down Come down to ground level. Okay? You're still too high. You need to come. You need to come. You need, to come, you need to come nothing. Nothing. Let nothing stand between you. And in obedience, he took off his shoes because he was on holy grounds. All right. Let's talk one minute about the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to be here just a couple more minutes. Just give me this time. Um, Acts 5. Verse 3 and 4. The third person of the Godhead is called the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. And where he comes on the scene is that in Acts 5, 3, 4, this is where we see that the Holy Spirit is God. Anybody, some people want to say, oh, it's just God's active force, just his power. But we're going to prove them wrong right now with this here says then Peter saying, "Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart that you have lied through the Holy Spirit and have kept back for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Did it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money uh, at your disposal?" Another question. What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to humans, but you have lied to God. So you have not just lied to the Holy Spirit, but you have lied to God. So the Holy Spirit is God. The three are one. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Another one, John 16:13 says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes... Who was the comforter when Jesus was getting ready to get out of here uh, they were wor- they were kind of concerned about him leaving them but he said I, I won't leave you comfortless uh, yes, He said I'm, 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 I'm gonna send you somebody I'm gonna send you some help yes. and this is where the Holy Spirit comes on the scene. Yes, he's called the spirit of truth. he will not speak on his own he will spoke he will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you exactly what is yet to come. As the Father, as the Son, and that's the Holy Spirit. And that's what we teach in this church. We will not deviate from this. When you get a chance to, uh, you're going to end up talking to some people about your faith. And what you do, you can be able to use these scriptures as ammunition. Another thing God tells you to do. In Ephesians 4.30, he says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Be careful not to grieve the Holy Spirit, whatever you do. Um, because because he is God. Okay. Um, I hope in some type of way that this uh, these scriptures have kind of helped you. Just to kind of give you a little format. Now, you can format this according to whatever conversation that you, you may have with a person. But you might want to take these and start to kind of putting them in your mind. And, and, and start kind of formulating them because the day is going to come when you're going to need it. And uh, you can use these as ammo against the people that you're talking with who are coming against you. And they will help to, um, to help to strengthen you during this time. Anyway, that's all I have for you.